I'm really excited about today because we have a very special guest and her name is Sally Andrew. She is the proud owner of regional Queensland dance studio Radiance Academy Toowoomba. She purchased that studio only six years ago with 67 students and has now built it to be a 600 student space. Pretty phenomenal for a six-year time frame in a regional town. We talk about the challenges that come with being regional, but also the amazing community that comes with that as well. Now, we're also going to be discussing in this episode uh, the collaborative book of which I'm also a part of, and Sally is too, as co-authors on The Women Changing the World. There's like over 20 women in this book. Each of us has a chapter and it is a beautiful journey of story from a bunch of entrepreneurial women. But this is not a business book, guys. This is more than that. This is really about the life and journey that we've each experienced um, and how each of us has an impact on the world. And I think that it's a really special story that Sally Andrew is a part of as well. We're going to talk about that in this episode. Uh, She's got some beautiful insights on, you know, just how she lifts the bar of her life, which she likes to call it. Um, She talks about the strength that she's needed to to push past the fears that she's had and uh, really have the confidence to be the successful person that she is today. And it's been a journey. It's been a journey. And I think you're going to really enjoy listening to that. So, you know, let's uh, put our hands together, you know, for this award-winning entrepreneur, this beautiful dancepreneur, Sally Andrew. Let's kick off. Hey there, I'm Josephine Lancuba and you're listening to Business Arts and All That Jazz. I've been immersed in the creative business world and performing arts industry for over 20 years. I know from experience that being an artist, a creative or running a creative business can be a tough gig, but I'm here to tell you it's possible. I went from having zero dollars to my name and living below the poverty line to then living paycheck to paycheck to finally living a life of comfort, happiness, passion and even stability. In this podcast, I peel back the curtain and share with you the ups and downs of my journey. Plus, I tap into the minds of creative industry experts to discover their paths to success. I know you have a spark inside of you, that little voice that tells you to reach for the stars. I want to help you step into your limelight to have the courage to live a life you dream of, a life that you design. So get ready to be entertained and inspired as we talk business, arts and all that jazz. Hello and welcome. We have the very amazing Sally Andrew here today. How are you doing, Sally? Yeah, great. Thank you so much for having a chat with me. No worries at all. Um, Look, I'm really excited because we are in a collaborative project, which I really want to share with our listeners. Um, So we're both uh, a part of the collective of women that are authors on the book, The Women Changing the World. So um, tell me about how you came about uh, applying for that. Like what drove you to, because this is an application process, right? So we've got, you know, um, 
the women from Osmanpreneur and the business college there that they have, that's Katie and Peace, um, which anyone who knows the Osmanpreneur network would know these lovely ladies. Um, so, yeah, what, what inspired you to, to make that application to be a part of this collective writing project? Yeah, so I have always wanted to write. That's something that I've always known that I'm going to do at some stage. Um, I'm in a really busy phase of my life running a business. Um, I've got three kids. My husband's got a business. Um, so there's so much going on for me that when this opportunity came to do this as a group and not just as a solo project, I got really excited. Um, I think it's a great way to get involved with um, writing. Um, so I'm excited to do this with a group of women who have already proven themselves. So I don't think it's going to be a big leap for this to be a very successful venture. Um, and I'm excited to join women who have already got so much momentum going. Yeah, absolutely. And I can actually resonate with that because I've often thought about, you know, writing the book and, you know, as women in business and business owners in general, you know, we're always told, you know, that writing a book can actually really add such value to our community, sharing our story with them and the power of that story. But yeah, it can be a bit daunting, um, absolutely, to dive right in and, and create the entire piece. So to be able to contribute a chapter, I think is a wonderful stepping stone into that world of writing. So yeah, I completely I'm really excited to be involved with it all. Yeah, awesome. So now you are an award-winning business owner and you're a mum. Uh, you've had a relationship with dance education for many, many years and are the owner of the dance studio Radiance Academy in Toowoomba Regional Queensland. So yeah. tell me how it started and how you came to choose dance as your path. I think dance chose me. Apparently when I was four, I said to mum, might have even been three, I said to mum, I'm going to dance. And she couldn't find any studio to take me at that young age at the time. Um, at the time it was sort of considered a bit babysitting to do dance for the very young. So I think I had to wait till I was four. Um, but then I danced and did everything that I possibly could um, so I've always danced and then I've gone through different careers, um, and done different things, but I kept coming back to dance. Um, so I, uh, had, was working for my previous dance teacher and I did some different, lots of teacher training with her with different syllabus. Um, I went down to Christine Walsh's Conservatoire of Ballet in Melbourne and did my teacher training with her. Um, and I just kept going in and out of dance until the lady I was working for was no longer able to carry on and one of us had to step up and, and take on the business. So I told my husband it wouldn't be a big commitment. I'd teach a few classes, do a few invoices and that would be it. Next minute, <laughs> um, it's, it's a much bigger operation than I anticipated. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a big adventure but I am loving loving the adventure yeah okay so um you know you mentioned that you purchased the dance studio um was that your first time as a business owner or had you done that before um so my husband had been a business owner for quite some time um and my parents had been but I hadn't it was a new adventure for me 
Um, so I went from health um, to business ownership. So um, I have had to learn a lot as I've gone along um, and it's been quite um, a demanding mistress. I think the business world uh, expects a lot of us, but it has been a wonderful adventure. Yeah, and how long have you had that studio now? Since 2015. Okay, so six years now. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. And what sort of, um, you mentioned that you were in health, what sort of role were you prior to, to jumping in? I mean, I know you were teaching dance, you've said yep. that, but what other work were you doing before actually getting the dance studio? Out Straight out of school, I did um, dental assisting and then I moved over to work for Queensland Health in different administrative and executive administrative roles and women's health and then went into private women's health sector. So did a few different roles in that time, um, which prepared me, I guess, for this next chapter. So, yeah, absolutely. Now, um, what is that process like when you're actually purchasing a pre-existing business? Because I can imagine, especially in a dance studio and anything that's that creative culture, um, there is definitely a community within it that is used to the way things are. So moving in as the new owner, how did you find that adjustment and were there ways that you made it your own or was there sort of a template of this is how it was done and I'm going to continue with that? Yeah, great question. So um, the previous owner was an incredible, is an incredible woman. Um, she has built so much in her lifetime. She's built syllabus. Um, she's had lots of um, students become dancers, just a brilliant artist. Um, and I'm probably very different. So I think I am, think very differently. I'm a business brain. Um, and she was this incredible artist. So we've run two completely different schools. Um, but one of the most beautiful thing is a lot of those original students, so when I purchased the business, there were 67 students going there. A lot of those students um, are still dancing with me today. So um, it's been really beautiful. It, it was like that was then and this is now and it's a completely different space but we never want to take away from the roots of where we came from. I really admire the previous business owner. She was an incredible mentor to me for many years um, and I just think she's a brilliant woman. But we do things very differently. So it's a whole mm -hmm. new world for us. We've rebranded, renamed, remarketed. We, we, we're just a totally different space um, with a lot of the same people. So we've still got some of the same teachers um, and a lot of the same students. So. Yeah, yeah, it's been amazing. it's been an amazing journey. Mm. It's interesting because um, I have uh, I have a program that I run here in Sydney at multiple sites, Musical Makers Club, and um, it was interesting because I always start from scratch when I go to a new site, but in one particular location, which I still have today, I actually did purchase that one. And I purchased it as a dance studio, but transformed it into a musical theatre space. So for me, it actually was clunky because I'd realised when I purchased that studio that it was the complete opposite of where I actually wanted to niche my artistry, you know. And so it kind of 
Yeah. I mean, I've still got it today and it's actually built up and it's amazing, but it's practically none of the students from before. It's like it, it became the blank canvas anyway. Yeah. But I suppose in a lot of ways, there's a lot of security around walking into a space and saying, okay, they have this many students. When I purchased that one, that was like 40 students. So so a small studio, yeah. but um, there was that security blanket. How important do you think it is for people to have a security blanket? And what's your take on starting from scratch versus purchasing a pre-existing business? I've seen both done well and both done poorly. Mm. Um, So I think probably it depends the target market you're looking for and the target market they've got. Um, So in our area, I've seen completely different businesses purchase um, an existing one and it just hasn't worked out. so I guess if it's an aligned client base, um, it, it, it's going to be more successful. Yeah. Um, but there's something really fun too from starting from scratch as well. Like there's a real energy of what you can bring to that space and you can draw your own tribe. You're not trying to convert anybody else's. Yes. I think what you said was a really good point actually that when you purchase a business that they're in line with what you're, what you're about as well. Yeah, so that, that's actually a really key point. Um, now, congratulations on si- 7Xing your business. Um, you say here that from the time you purchased it, you've actually gone up very specifically 731%. <laughs> that's phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. What was the secret to that? What what What's the secret source there on how you went from, you know, 67 students to then... 731% um, growth. Yeah, there was a lot of different keys to that success. Um, so I guess a lot of it is passion. Um, so energy, enthusiasm, passion, and just getting up every day and doing the same things better than you did the day before. Um, like I'm really passionate for anyone who walks in our front doors to feel better on the way out those doors than they did when they came in. And that can mean just even just doing the cleaning and doing whatever I have to do every single day. Um, I see a lot of these businesses that are amazing ideas and they've got all the shiny disco balls, but not day in, day out doing the hard work, having the grit, making the big decisions, doing the hard work. So um I think it's got to be the whole lot. You've got to have the passion. You've got to have the disco balls, but then you've got to make it repeatable and do it every day. I love that you say disco balls. You know, the very first studio I ever opened, I actually bought a disco ball and put it in the middle. So I super get that. But, you know, there was a lot more to it than just the disco ball. But got to love a disco ball. Um, Now, in um, just coming back to... Uh, the book, you know, that we started with, we're going to, we're going to talk a little bit about that throughout, you know, today's, um, today's session, but you mentioned in your chapter and I'm, and I quote, so much of my adult life, I have white knuckled and done it afraid. I'd love to dive deeper into that. So what, what was the cause of your fear that you're referring to and, and how did you overcome that? Yeah. There's probably been a lot of different instances where I have lived that reality. Um, So 
from coming from a, a business background and not being a professional dancer, I think has um, meant that I have done even more study um, to really lift my teaching and um, really improve myself. I have just thrown myself into professional development um, and personal development so that um, regardless of how I feel about myself, I have something really of value to offer to all of our clients. Um, I don't want to rest on my laurels, um, but I want to just continue to lift the bar for myself professionally and personally so that clients are getting value. Um, so in lots of different spheres, I've felt, oh, that's too big for me to do. Um, this ne next step is too much for me to take. And I'm just like, no. I always think about Richard Branson's advice, just say yes and figure it out as you go. So mm -hmm. that's how I've done business. Each new little adventure I've gone on, I'm like, oh, okay, let's just do it. Let's white knuckle through and let's make this next step and take it up to the next level. Yeah. So I've done it in every time I've made a big jump in the business, I think. Mm. You mentioned that you you have a working week of 40 to 60 hours. So <laughs> that that's... That's a big working week. So tell me what that, that looks like. Um, well, we're in concert mode at the moment. So we're doing seven days a week at the moment to get ready for our concert. Um, so we're putting on a production in our local theatre. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a big job. We've got a lot of students to prepare for concert. There's so many costumes to bag up and get ready, um, lots of tiaras. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, there's just so much to be done. Um, so we, I've got a nice, beautiful team of teachers helping, um, but there's just nothing like the boss getting in there and getting those jobs done too to show that we're all in this team together. Mm. Was there a <laughs> delay in your concert due to COVID restrictions? Is that what's happened or you were already scheduled at this time of year? We were scheduled at this time of year, but we've had shipping issues. So getting our costumes here has proven mm. to be quite difficult this year. And we've lost a lot of boxes um, due to one of the companies. I'm not sure whether it's collapsed or just frozen, um, but a lot of our boxes have gone missing. So we've had to start again and reorder a lot of costumes. So we've had delays, but we will get there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you mentioned as well um, in your chapter, you talk about the hustle. Now, I think more and more um, especially women in business, are trying to move away from the hustle. When you talk about the hustle, what exactly does that mean to you? That's a good one. Um, so <laughs> I have, I, you can probably pick up on this, but I have a really high work ethic mm -hmm. um, and I believe in bringing my A game to everything I do. Mm. So um, I don't rest on my laurels. I will bring my best into every situation, giving my best. Um, I feel like we sometimes as a collective group of um, in this era have gone from, okay, we can't have it all, so let's have nothing and just throw up our hands and say it's too hard, I'm too stressed, I'm too busy. Um, but I also love the idea that we have so much more in us that we're not giving ourselves credit for, that with just a bit of hard work, a bit of elbow grease, um, we can have so much more if we're prepared to put in that bit of work. Um, mm. So I feel like 
with time especially is we don't always make the best of our time and we can sometimes, um, because life is hard and there's so much going on, it's easy just to wallow a bit in I'm just going to let time slip past me and not really grab a hold of these opportunities that I'm given. But um, I'm a big believer in just taking every opportunity, giving it your best, and then just see what happens with it. And you'll be surprised how far it goes. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I mean, you know, is this something that, um, and I want to touch on this because I think this sounded really interesting to me, but I've never heard the phrase before. You talk about the power of five minutes. Yeah. So you seem to be a raving fan of this concept. Yeah. So tell us, what exactly is the power of five minutes? Well, it's just something that I invented in my head because I don't (laughs) have any time to do anything. So when I'm doing all of this that I've got going on in my hand at the moment, um, it's easy for me to go, I'm just going to take five minutes just to sit down, play on my phone and um, chill, have a bit of me time, or I can take that power of five minutes, put on a load of washing, go give one of the kids a big smoochy kiss and hug, go pat the dog, like I choose in that five minutes I can benefit um, three areas of my life or I can just sit down and chill. And it does sound like I'm a bit of a crazy person that I never sit down and chill and that's probably true. Um, But even just my drive to work, I'm listening to podcasts or I'll be making business calls, like every single spare moment that I have, I'm using it to put value in it. I feel like the time either flicks past you or you intentionally put value in that time, either way it's going to be gone. Mm. I'm already exhausted, Sally, from this. <laughs> Look, I, I love the idea behind that, though. So what you're saying is when you have five minutes, you can be intentional about that. Yeah. Um, so being intentional is powerful because, you know, you can sit there and go, you know what, we've had a busy day at work, but I've got five minutes now. I'm going to go give my kids a hug and give them, you know, that those five minutes. Yeah. And so, yeah, I love, I love intention. So that's a really cool one. I'm going to remember that, Sally. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, I'd like to just go back a step as well because I I was meant to ask and and the more I think about it I am very keen and interested on this you because I'm a city dweller so I'm you know not from a regional area I'm not from a small town I've never lived in a small town I've never done anything like that um, what are the challenges or the benefits of being a business in a regional space like what are the pros and cons well let's go with the negative side first so we can get out of the way yeah is they say our area the the bad thing is everybody knows everybody so everybody knows everybody's business and everybody can make up a story about everybody else um so it's a very small place in that um everyone has an opinion about everybody else um And sometimes there's the expectation that the quality of what is offered in a regional town will be lower. Mm. Um, But I'm taking that 
as a negative and I'm pulling it across to a positive and saying we don't have to accept that the quality of what we offer is lower in a regional area. So at my um, workplace, I am aiming that the quality of what you'll find inside my business would rival the quality that you'll find in a major city Um, because why does it have to be different here? Mm. Um, I think we need to expect great quality wherever we are in Australia. We have so much resource. Um, there's so much we can do um, to raise the bar and lift the levels for our for our businesses. So yeah. um, even though the expectation is probably lower in a small town and probably the further out you go, the lower the expectation is of how... The lower the expectation from the clients or from the outside looking in? Probably both. Like I know that in dance specifically, it appears that the further out of a city you go, you expect that the students will perform at a lower quality, their costumes will not be as nice, um, the quality of the teaching won't be as reputable, all things like that, just little things that are perceived, whether they're true or not, it's very different. You can find amazing teachers in the bush just as much as you can find slack teachers, but it's just I think it's a an expectation of that's what you would find. So I want to make sure that's not the expectation for my clients and my staff and my business, that it would rival any city business. Would it be Um, challenging to hire? It is more challenging to hire because obviously your pool of talent is much bigger in the city and obviously a lot of city dance, like a lot of really talented dancers would move to the city for like company exposure um, and then would find a life there and stay there. So it's not as easy finding great staff. But I think that's any regional town anywhere would say the same thing, that yeah. the talent pool is smaller. But you just, I guess you have to just then stand out for the right reasons so that you attract the right talent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, I'm in Sydney and honestly I can tell you now it's still challenging to find good staff. I think that's an ongoing thing across the board with all businesses um, because it's not just about finding talent. It's so especially in dance or, or theatre or, or any performing arts, it's not just about talent. They have to be able to teach it and they shouldn't be resenting teaching it either. It shouldn't be a backup. They actually should be a teacher first. And that's hard. That's the hard part. Like the amount of times um, I've had teachers and we call them coaches, um, the amount of times we've had coaches back in the day anyway, this is before we came up with a really good hiring system that that nutted out all the, you know, the dregs, (laughs) the people that didn't want to be there essentially. Um, Yeah, like I get amazing dancers but they just weren't very good with kids or I'd get amazing performance, but for them it was short-term and as soon as a cruise ship offer came, they were gone, you know. So that was always a challenge. We don't have those challenges anymore because I'm actually very intentional now. I actually have a um, recorded video. So their first point of call when they come to be a part of our team is they get a video Um, and it says in there the expectations, what we're looking for, the culture, and if you're not those things, that's okay. Please stop now in your application and we won't be proceeding further. And then I give them a little task at the end of the video that they have to reply with these exact words 
which yeah. I won't say on a podcast because I want people to watch the video. <laughs> um, yeah, and if they don't do that, then I know they didn't even watch the video. Yeah, that's great. If you sit there for five minutes, then I don't want you. <laughs> so our application pool went from 30 teachers. So we get massive applications in Sydney. Like I'll have 30 teachers apply for a role, but then I can cull it down just based on that first video by half already. Yeah. I'm not wasting the time with people that just don't want to do it, you know. That's so good. Yeah. So, you know, I totally get that. So don't think it's just a regional thing. Mate, it's hard to hire anywhere. (laughs) And team is such an important part, isn't it? It really is the key. Um, Now, you mentioned the sort of negatives, the things that weren't negatives, but the challenges. What would you say are the amazing things about being from regional? I guess the same things like the community. So we have a very supportive community. Our dance community is like family. Um, so I think in the smaller area, community is even more visible and important for the small areas. So um, it's probably helped us build a culture of inclusivity so our students are just so kind and supportive of each other. Um, and we've got a really, really positive and um, community-based um, culture around the studio. So I think that's a really special thing about a small town too. Do you have many studios in your area, much competition? Lots of studios oh, in our really? area. Yeah, amazing. And um, that's really interesting because how many students do you have now in your space? So we have about 560-ish students in our space. Yeah, so you guys have five over 500, nearly 600 students, and then you've got multiple studios which probably have similar numbers. You know, that's or they don't. I don't know. You tell me. Like, that's just insane. Yeah. Don't know. I don't know what everybody else is up to. Yeah, that's a good way to be. Um, okay, so you also mentioned, um, just going back to the book, you know, The Women Changing the World, you mentioned mentors. Now, I find this really interesting. Um, what's your experience with mentorship? Yeah, I have had the best experience with mentorship. I didn't know it was something I needed, um, but I won an award um, from our local Chamber of Commerce and won a year's mentorship with um, an incredible guy, um, John Wagner. Um, he's on the news a bit. I don't know if you know of any Toowoomba celebrities, yeah. but um, he um, was so um, down to earth and just really a helpful, friendly guy, um, gave me great advice. So I did a year's mentoring with him and then I moved on to different um, like mentor programs and have just hit the mother load. I've always just had the most amazing mentors who have just found the gold in me, pulled it out and gone like, here you go, up you go, um, and lifted me to the next level. So um, I found it a really positive experience. Even though I didn't know that it was something I needed, it was very beneficial for me. Mm, Amazing, amazing. So who inspires you today? Well, as I said, I do always have Richard Berenson's words in my head. I think he's an incredible guy. He seems to have this amazing work-life balance. I don't know him at all. He might not, but it just appears like that on social media that he's um, got this incredible drive, but 
he seems to play pretty hard as well and have good family life. Um, I think um, probably just all of the women's um, business collaborative are all very inspiring. I love watching everybody else's stories and seeing what everybody else is up to. Um, so there's probably lots and lots of people that inspire me. I love a good business story, good business success story. Yeah, amazing. And I love to ask this um, to all of my guests. What's next for Sally? Yeah, well, hopefully an amazing outcome with our book in December. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing how that progresses. Yeah. Um, and maybe some more writing opportunities in the future. Yeah. Um, some growth at this studio, um, going bigger and better in that way. Um, looks so like we're five sixty. How big do you think you can get in? Um, well, we're yeah. hoping to open a second location very shortly. Oh. Um, so we've outgrown our current space. So that's exciting for next year. Yeah. So lots and lots of fun things happening for us. Wow, that's amazing. How far away will the well this this second location? How far from the current location are you looking to to set up? So at the moment, we're in a residential area. Mm-hmm. So we're going to open a location in the city. Ah, yeah. wow. That's, a, that's fantastic. That's a big what's next. Yes, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, look, I'm going to finish um, with a little excerpt from your book. It's okay. You can close your eyes if you don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. listen I love this bit and I'm going to read it because I think everybody should be definitely grabbing a copy of the women changing the world there's like over 20 women in there um, all from a business background but this is not a business book this is like storytelling it's it's just absolutely beautiful Um, I think that there's a real power in the stories that these women are telling Um, and I think that everyone should definitely grab a copy. I'm going to be reading a little excerpt here now from Sally Andrew, and that is, the safest option is not the one for me. Wherever I am going and no matter what I am doing, I'm listening for the call to find the higher path, the tiny whisper that cannot be heard over the din of the TV or the sound of the fighting kids. I really need to lean in and listen. It is every... It is ever so faint, but it's there. The call to lift the bar on the way I am doing life. I love that. Thank you, Sally. (laughs) Now, um, if anyone wants to grab a copy of the book, I'll be popping a a link in the show notes here so you guys can all check that out. But Sally, tell everyone at home, where can people find out more about you, your business? Where can you... um, if where would they you know website or a link that you can send them to yeah awesome so if anyone's interested in finding out more about our dance studio so we're all the w's and then just radiance academy toowoomba.com beautiful and we'll pop that um website link for everyone in the show notes as well so you guys can check it out thank you so much sally for coming on today i hope you had a great time i certainly had a blast (laughs) thank you so much for having me Beautiful. Chat to you soon. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed listening and would like to hear more, be sure to click subscribe. If you're really feeling the love, share us with your friends. To work with me or to simply find out more about the magic of creativity, arts and business, head to my website, josephinelancuba.com and you can find me on socials. 
I also have a book that I've co-written with a bunch of amazing entrepreneurial women called The Women Changing the World. And you can grab a copy of that at josephinelancuba.com forward slash books. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.